This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are, Raider Nation, coming to you live from the Las Vegas Convention Center, home of Radio Row for Super Bowl 56. Very excited to be in sunny L.A. And when I say sunny L.A., I mean sunny L.A. Uh, It was actually fun to go ahead and fall asleep last night in the Airbnb, and I wasn't all huddled up and felt like I was going to be cold and freezing. And it's funny to say that when you're in Las Vegas because you don't think of it as cold and freezing. But for me, it's been really cold in Las Vegas lately. But I'll tell you right now, here in L.A. this week, it is going to be beautiful, and man, I was just outside a little while ago walking around, and I, I have my long sleeve shirt on, but it's still, it's just nice and warm and comfortable, and the bright, I almost decided to take the little uh, unit that we have here that we could do the show from and go sit out on the park bench, but there was a couple guys that, you know, decided that they wanted to hold down that bench, and they hold it down on the regular, so I figured I didn't want to intrude on their space, but... You know, we're going to have a good time here uh, all week long. We're here to bring you all of our shows. And, of course, we're going to be leading you right up to Super Bowl 56. The Rams and the Bengals at SoFi Stadium should be a whole lot of fun. Very excited about that. It's all being brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers, locally based attorneys, 570-9000. That's 702-570-9000. Many thanks to them. We do appreciate them for uh, being proud title sponsors of the trip to L.A. and and us being here on Radio Row. And we've got a couple of our stations in our building, uh, Lotus Broadcasting, here representing Raider Nation Radio 920. Of course, our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas, as well, both here. So uh, many thanks to Battleborn for uh, for bringing you the all the all, all the sounds and sights that we'll have. And when I say sights, we'll have a lot of of stuff to look at on Twitter, and we'll send out a lot of pictures and a lot of videos and all that good stuff. Uh, but I'll tell you, Damon, who's back in the home studios, has done a fantastic job, as always, and uh, held it down on JT The Brick Show earlier. JT will be here tomorrow. Um, it's a slow day so far on Radio Row, and I know Mondays are traditionally slow days as I've been uh, I'm almost like a veteran now. I feel like I've, I've been here enough times to call myself a veteran. Mondays are always slow, but this Monday is a little bit slower than usual so we're very much spread out because obviously we're still in a pandemic we're still dealing with covid uh the mask mandate is somewhat in place here Uh, i'll say a little bit not really a whole lot but i mean you you could tell that it's not really quite what it used to be when it used to be a table on top of table on top of table on top of table where uh, if my conversation, if I'm a little bit louder on the radio, you can hear it on the on the next uh (laughs) the next radio stations uh you know on their station so a lot Oh, yeah, that happened all the time, brother. That happened all the time. And not just me. Honestly, it's funny, DeMond, as loud as I am, I'm not even hardly one of the loudest dudes that usually uh, is attendance on here on Radio Row. Most of the time, there are some real loud dudes that, you know, sometimes they're doing bits, sometimes they're doing uh, whatever they're trying to do, but it's always something like really look at me now type thing. And I, I don't really do that. I just get loud when, I don't know, it just naturally happens. But sometimes there's there's some funny antics that are going on here on Radio Row. Uh, but right now, like I said, it's a, little, it's a little calm before the storm. But that's fine because it's going to get busy. It's going to get crazy. Matter of fact, today will probably be one of the best days that we actually have to be able to talk and get some good calls and texts in. And, of course, the, the Sam and Ash text line is always wide open at 69187, keyword R&R. And whenever we get an opportunity, we'd like to hear from you as well, Raider Nation at 702-365-9200. Today is one of those days that we'll actually get an opportunity to get some good calls and texts in. Because as the week really gets cracking, probably Wednesday, as a matter of fact, Wednesday it'll start just head to be on a swivel. And you just everywhere you look, be like, oh, there goes Carson Palmer. There goes so-and-so. There goes so-and-so. There, I mean, it's just boom, 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 boom. And you won't really know how to keep up. And even as I'm trying to do a show, I'll, I'll be trying to get someone's attention at the same time. I mean, it just becomes an absolute rat race. But, again, very, very excited and very uh, happy to be here. Uh, we made it in safely last night from Vegas. We drove down. I drove down, and I'll tell you, I'm still learning. And so a lot of Las Vegas locals will know, Q, you don't drive out of Vegas on Sunday. 
Well, I learned. <laughs> I learned. Please believe that. I made a fatal mistake. Not fatal. That's, that's the wrong word. But that's, I made a bad mistake by uh, leaving Sunday afternoon. I got out of there. I planned to leave about 10 o'clock in the morning and get here around 2.30 in the afternoon. Instead, I left around 2.30 in the afternoon and ended up here about 7.30, almost 8 o'clock because there was so much traffic. There was a few accidents. Uh, leaving Vegas on a Sunday night uh, after the weekend of an all-star game, uh, NHL all-star and also the Pro Bowl, uh, was not a good idea either. So uh, I'll learn. I'll learn, but we made it here, and uh, we're good to go and very excited about it. We'll be here all week long and then headed back to the 702 on Friday. So uh, very excited about the opportunity what we're going to bring to you. And this is Raider Nation Radio's very first time ever being on Radio Row uh, as far as us having a station. So I think that that's kind of cool and, and kind of historic as well. So uh, we're going to do the very best we can to bring you the best coverage of everything. And uh, I, I have a goal. I told Jared when we were driving down, our goal is to uh, is to get at least ten bangers on the on the station this week. And what I mean by bangers are gold jackets. Uh, gold jackets are bangers. If you got a gold jacket, you're a banger. Uh, you get to go on the radio. Say if you're on the station uh, by the end of the week, as long as we get ten ten Hall of Famers, ten HOFers, then we've succeeded. Now I wanted to set the bar a little high. I wanted to go twenty five, but I realized that there's only a couple of us here, and so it might be a little bit difficult. But we're going to bring you uh, lots of different uh, people that we'll have on the show with us. We'll have uh, different walks of life. Actors are going to be here. Musicians are here. Uh, there's going to be, of course, a lot of athletes are here. And uh, we're starting to put the, our list together of people that we're going to have on the show. So, uh, Raider Nation, we do have a lot for you coming up. Very excited about it. But we have a lot coming up for you on today's show as well. At 2.30, I just added this guest at the last second, Jeff Howe from Horns 24-7. He covers the Texas Longhorns like a glove. And you're probably wondering, why in the world do you have a guy that's covering the Texas Longhorns like a glove? Well, the Raiders went out and made a hire. And they made a hire as far as their secondary coach goes. And it's funny because I really don't know a whole lot about him, even though I was in Texas when he was uh, there with the Longhorns. I just don't remember a whole lot about him. So I know that the Raiders made a, a hire. And uh, actually, I was reading Vinny's, uh, Vinny's article that he put up on the, the Review Journal about Chris Ash. He is the Raiders' new defensive backs coach. And, uh, again, I just don't remember the details. I believe he was there when Tom Herman was the head football coach. But I don't remember the details of how good he was. I know there was times when when the Texas Longhorns had a really good defense. They had a really good defense, and they had some defensive backs that you just knew were going to be uh, some big-time picks in the NFL. But I just don't remember the quality of coach Chris Ash was. So Jeff Howe from Horns 24-7 is going to join us at 2.30 to talk all things Chris Ash. I haven't talked to Jeff in a while, so it'll be fun uh, to catch up with him. Coming up at 3 o'clock, I have Mike Westhoff. Uh, he's known as the best special teams coach in history. Best special teams coach in history. He's got a book out right now called Figure It Out. He's been a special teams coach in the NFL for a very, very long time. And we're going to talk all things special teams. Uh, interim head coach Rich Basaccia is no longer the interim head coach of the Silver and Black, obviously. He's going to Green Bay to be the special teams coach. And obviously we've seen what happened in the playoffs and that the, the Packers need all the special teams help they can get because that's basically why they lost that game. Uh, because their special teams unit was so poor. So we'll talk to Mike about special teams. We'll also ask him about Joe Judge. I know that he spent some time in New York, and he's got some thoughts on Joe Judge. And, and from what I'm reading and what I'm hearing is Joe Judge is a guy that the Raiders could have their eye on as well for the special teams coach. So we'll talk to Mike Westhoff coming up at 3 o'clock, all things special teams and, uh, and, and also his book, Figure It Out. Then at 3.30, my guy Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints, who's here, he'll actually be here at the table with me, and he'll, uh, he'll talk to us about what happened with Alvin Kamara in Las Vegas as he got arrested, another athlete getting arrested in the 702. And, of course, you're always going to get the story, see? That's what happens when you have NFL players in Vegas. It's not going to work. And I'm not even going to go out there and defend it. I'm not even going to go out there and argue it because it's the same old, same old. I mean, it's, it's just going to be the same storyline until it's not the same storyline. These guys just got to make better decisions. Uh, there were some reports that Alvin Kamara – uh, said to you know, said to the police department and, and his version of the story, and then the victim's uh, version of the story is completely different. And so uh, I'll get to. We'll talk to Ross Jackson, host of Locked On Saints, at three thirty to get to the very latest of what's going on with Alvin Kamara, who I believe appeared in court in Las Vegas at one thirty this afternoon. So uh, there's a lot going on as far as that goes. I thought that the Pro Bowl went pretty smooth. I didn't uh, honestly didn't watch very much of it. I watched a little bit yesterday morning, and then that was it. Then got on the highway and started heading, making our way to, to 
to Los Angeles. I'm not a big Pro Bowl guy, but uh, shout out to Max Crosby who won the Defensive MVP award for for that uh that, that Pro Bowl. And it's funny because when we met with them on Saturday uh, at the Pro Bowl practice, he said, you know, he someone asked him. I can't remember who it was. It might have been Vinny or it might have been uh, Adam Hill. It was, some, it was somebody asking him, well, what do you do as a defensive player? in the in the pro bowl and he said i don't know i just know one speed and it's funny because the very first play of the game he almost came up with an interception that would have been a pick six but he didn't but he still turned around and had a really good game so it was cool to see max crosby really get a little bit of shine there at allegiant stadium in the home stadium so shout out to him the afc comes away at the victory i couldn't tell you what the score was but i know as i was kind of monitoring it a little bit while i was uh, headed to la i know that they got I think they put what forty-one points up. Demond was it forty-one? So you were there. At, you were there at the game. How 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 was the game? What was your uh, impressions of the game? Because I, I saw a lot of people complaining and about you know not tackling and all that other stuff. It's the Pro Bowl, man. You know they're not going to do a whole lot. It's not it's not the Pro Bowl that it it used to be back in the day when like prime time played. Oh yeah, because prime time had something to say about it. But no, right. I enjoy the Pro Bowl. You know, it's fun being out there amongst all these different fans. You know, I was like talking to Green Bay fans, Cowboy fans, even saw a couple of Titan fans out there. And it was fun seeing everybody out there. And I wanted to see the absurdity of it. Like, oh, man, they're just out here doing laterals for no reason. Or let's see who can make a cool catch. You know, it's fun. Right. I'm not expecting, like, to see what was happening. JT show, he was talking about what would you do to change it. Yeah, I'd just make it flag football. Maybe, right. like, the MLB All-Star game. Just have everybody mic'd up. Be like, hey, Steve, in the booth, check this out what I'm about <laughs> to do on this play. And just have them out there, you know, in just T-shirts, T-shirts and shorts and just having fun. Yeah, you know, and, and I wouldn't have any problem with that. And I like what the NHL did. And Vegas obviously was busy with the NHL All-Star game as well on Saturday. Uh, I like what they did, you know, just kind of have teams and just go out there and compete. I, I think it would be cool just to have, you know, like you said, seven-on-seven uh, teams and, and, and let defensive guys go out there and catch passes or let offensive linemen go out there and catch passes. You know, just have fun. You know, just kind of let loose because, again, you don't want them to go out there and go hard in the paint and tackle people to the ground and all this other stuff and then get injured. There's nothing worse than all of a sudden finding out that uh, one of your one of your players got injured in the Pro Bowl. Like, that's not – you don't – nobody wants that. I don't care who you're a fan of. Nobody wants that. And so, uh, I, I don't I don't know. I know a lot of people say that, the you know, the Pro Bowl wasn't pleasing on the eyes. But, I mean, again, it's the Pro Bowl, and if you were expecting much more than what you saw – uh, I don't know what your expectations And then are. I also <laughs> think that you get your money's worth. If you're coming in for, like, let's say the weekend leading up, you're getting your money's worth going to the practice, getting those autographs, you know, like where they're coming over after practice, yeah. talking to them there just to see them up close and personal. And I feel like the game is probably at that point, take it or leave it. Right, Like, exactly. if you're walking out from a practice and you're like, oh, man, my son, like, oh, we're a Packer fan, and we got, like, Devontae Adams' autograph, we're a Cardinals fan, Kyler Murray right. signed, like, five things for my kid. That's the highlight right there. Right. No, it is. It, it really is. And, and that I saw, I mean, as I was at a couple of the practices throughout the course of the week, I only went to a few of them. Uh, they, they, they actually look fun and it looked like the fans were having a good time out there just uh, seeing the players interact and, you know, going through the skills challenges and stuff like that. So that's, that's cool. I, I don't have any problem with that. Again, uh, my expectations for a pro bowl are never very high because it's very hard. It's not like it's the NBA all-star game where you could just go and do some crazy wild dunks or you know throw the ball at the backboard and do some stuff shoot the ball from half court where you might not well hell Steph does that anyway but I mean you know just it, it, it's different it's a different game so you can't really you can't really take a whole lot from it really the only all-star game that's worth the salt in my opinion is really the baseball all-star game because it means something <laughs> you know baseball all-star uh, means something these guys are out there competing and there's not really too much you could do as far as a baseball player and and I don't want to say a trick play or something, but, I mean, it's, it's really hard to goof around in baseball. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's really hard to just kind of, you know, do some kind of things that you wouldn't normally do in a baseball game because it's baseball. I mean, it's just it's a different animal. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's a – again, I, I had no problem with it, and I know some people weren't big fans of it, but it, it is what it is. And so uh, now that that's over, now you can move full, full speed also, ahead. Also, if you were there, the Jabberwockies were pretty good, man. I, you know what's funny about that? I'm glad you brought them up. I remember back in the day when when they were first on the come up, you know, when Shaq was uh, performing with them and everything. Uh, I remember those guys. I remember everyone wanted to watch that performance and everything. But I don't know. I mean, it's aren't they? Are, don't they have a residency in, in Vegas now? Yeah, they do. But I mean, if you're not going to go to the residency, you're like, oh, I get a little piece of that. Here at the game. Yeah, but I just feel like it's about ten years old now. Oh, so you're saying it's, it's watered down? Yeah, I feel like it's a little watered down. The what's their names again? The Jabberwockies. Yeah, the Jabberwockies. That was like, I don't know. That was, 
That was almost like yesterday's news. You know what I mean? I remember, and they're cool. I was, I, yeah, I was with them from the come I know, up. I know they're cool. But they're I mean they were they were just they were just all right. So I mean it just is. Just all right. It Let is, me so. see what you got then. I don't have anything. I ain't got nothing. I don't have no dance moves, man. I'm not a dancer. <laughs> I'm a talker, man. I don't really dance. I'm like Fat Joe, man. I just pull up my pants and lean back. You know what I mean? That's 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 what I do. But uh, those those are the guests that we have coming up. But we do have a surprise guest that's about to come up. Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive real quick. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. 2.14 is the time, and we're pleased to have right now at the table that we're here on uh, Radio Row is uh, our own Ed Graney. How you doing, Ed? Uh, okay, I'm going to tell you something you're not going to believe. Uh-oh. Uh, 22 years old. Won a dance contest in Tijuana. You you yes, did in yes. Tijuana? Tijuana. No way. Yes. What was your move? How can I make that up? I'm, that's true. That's a good point. What was, was your some moves? kind of swirl with the with the with the, <laughs> uh, the the hands? I didn't really move the the feet or the legs. It might have been uh, you know something where they felt sorry for me. Yeah. I I might have been on a on a table. It was it was twenty two in Tijuana. Wow, twenty two in Tijuana. Yeah. But uh, what I, kind of ladies did you leave the place with? I left with my free beer. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. That's what I got for winning the dance contest. Wow, that's awesome. Yes. I learned a fun fact yes. about Ed Graney. He's a dancer. <laughs> well, was a dancer. No, was being the operative word. Hey, that's fine. Hey, <laughs> hey, man. Hey, once, always. You know what I mean? You you have that in your bag somewhere. That's you might right. not. You might not pull it that's out right. your bag. Oh no! But I, you, I pull it out. You, My wife is a wonderful dancer, and I'm horrible. And every time I'm like, yeah, but you didn't win a contest. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I heard that. That's awesome. Well, good stuff right there. Again, we have Ed Graney here at the table, uh, Radio Row in L.A. And so you just basically got into town uh, yeah. not too long ago. I got in last night, and I, I made the mistake of driving in from Vegas on Ooh. a Sunday night. I was, I'll learn. Leaving Vegas? Yeah. Left Vegas around 2.30. So not a good idea. I'm going to guess four took over six. Um, Take six hours? Almost. Okay. Yeah, About five and a half, yeah, 545. Yeah. That'll yeah. get you. Yeah, oh, it got me. <laughs> it got me bad, man. It got me bad. So, But we're here. We're here. And it, I, was, I was telling everyone it's a little slow today, a little slower than even a normal Monday just because. But, right. uh, you know, it, it is what it is. But I uh, wanted to get your, your thoughts now that kind of the dust has settled on some of the coaching hires. I, I got a guest coming up at 2.30. It's going to tell us about Chris Ash, the new secondary coach for the Raiders. But kind of what have the Raiders have been doing with their coaching staff? What has been your overall feelings on it? I mean, I don't know them very much. I can't. I can't speak on all these guys. Right. Um, I do think that he's hiring people that he's comfortable with and that he knows and you know he trusts. And that's what you want from a head coach. You want him to have guys around. Him. Trust Rich Bisacci had guys around him right. that he trusted with Gus and with with uh, Ole and all those guys. So I can't say I know much about these guys, Q. But I can tell you that I do believe. He's going with his his gut and uh, guys he trusts, and you just hope it works out. I mean, uh, I heard a lot of good things about the new defensive coordinator, and I like the fact I like the fact he reached out to Max Crosby because I guess w one of the questions was you run a four three three yeah four, three, three four five, three, five, three yeah that was like, that was, was a like, big one that was a big one and and I I'm really glad he reached out to Max Crosby. I like coaches who kind of take take the aggressive approach and say I don't want this guy reading right you know what I'm supposed to be running all these you know reporters or whoever writing this stuff. So the fact he reached out to essentially one of, if not his best defensive players, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it was, and, and Max sounded like he was pretty pretty open to him, you yeah. know, and so, uh, and you know, this this unit, and this is one of the questions that I really had, and people ask me all the time, how difficult do you think it's going to be because that, that team, and I know there's going to be turnover, but that team was so tight, and they were so close with that coaching staff, Basachi and everybody, how difficult do you think it's going to be for McDaniels to kind of win over that locker room? That's a really good question because I've never seen uh, because he was an interim and I, they got to the playoffs. I think that's what a lot of the love for Rich was, but I very rarely have seen a team like fall in love with a guy that that right. much. Yeah. So, but you know, we asked Hunter Renfro that at the Pro Bowl, and, and Hunter Renfro and Max Crosby both had interesting to say things to say, and they both said, "You know what? It's not McDaniel's fault." I, yeah. Guy, all he did was, you know, not, I guess not apply for a job, but he, you know, essentially applied for a job, got right. interviewed, got the job. Right. And I think most of them are professionals. They get paid a lot of money. They they know what it's about. They know it's a business. That's what they say all the time. It's a business. It's a business. So while they meet, might miss Rich, I don't think they'll hold it against McDaniels. One, that would be dumb. Right. You got to move forward. Right. You got to get this guy's system down. You got to want to try to return to the playoffs. So if you're, you know, Rich Bisacci, I, you know, I understand got a job today. Yeah, it's Green Bay, Green, Green Bay, Bay, Green Bay special I'm sure teams happy coach. For him. They need they needed all the special they teams need, help they yeah, can get. They need Rich Versace. <laughs> so, 
Um, I would think they move on fast. And they'll always love Rich and they'll always, you know, um, be indebted to him. And I think Mark Davis will be indebted to him of what he did in a really trying, dramatic, weird time with Gruden uh, leaving. Right. But I think they move on quickly. And here's the thing. If they win, they'll really move, they'll really of move course. quickly. Of course, right. <laughs> yeah, now if they lose, they'll be like, well, Rich yes. should have been here. You know, it's always – If they're 1-3, right. they're here. But if they're 3-0, and oh, then it's like, hey, we love McDaniels. Exactly. It's always easy to go back and say, oh, see, see what would happen if you left the other guy here, you know, if, if they get off to a bad start. So the front office, the way that the Raiders are starting to uh, put together this front office, of course, Ziegler's the GM, but Champ Kelly is the assistant GM, you know, and it looks like they're bringing in guys that don't necessarily have to have Raider ties. It just right. kind of looks like they're almost – changing their way of thinking what have you thought about the front office i sort of like that i mean look i know it's the raider way to hire everyone who's been there before and keep the alumni i do like what they do with their alumni but this is about winning man i mean this is about getting a team that you can build a team however he ends up doing it we still don't know i don't think what he's going to do with major players in that team but what he believes can get them a super bowl this guy's coming in with six rings right so you know i'm not going to sit there and argue with the guy about what it means to build a championship but i kind of like the fact they're going outside and getting a fresh perspective a fresh note because i think when you continue to go inside I don't know if things change that much. Mm-hmm. So I actually really like the way they're doing it. I like Ziggler. You and I have talked about this before. Ziggler said, I'm in charge. Right. He said it from the very first first press conference. I loved that. I love that about him. And I'm sure, like, I, you know, we've talked, McDaniels and him are very close. So I don't, you know, they'll probably agree on 95% of the stuff anyway. Right. But that 5% is a big deal, as we both know, with the drafts and some of the decisions these guys have made before. So to answer your question, I actually love the fact they're going outside and getting a fresh perspective. And if you're going to go outside and get a fresh perspective, then there's no better team. I know people hate hearing this, the tuck rule and all that. I'm sorry. Right. There's no better organization to get the fresh perspective from from the one that's won all the Super Bowls. No, you're right. And, you know, the argument to that will say, everyone will say, well, yeah, well, none of the Patriots or Belichick disciples have won anything. You know, who's it's done true. anything once they left under Bill's umbrella? So, it's true. You know, I just think that McDaniels has grown a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I, again, like you mentioned, he's taken over a team that's not a three and – 13 or 14 team they're a team that went to the playoffs i mean they're in a good position so i feel like he just has some fine-tuning to do with this and kind of make it make it go now now ed i did want to ask you this isn't raider related but uh alvin Kamara got 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 arrested he was in court at 130 earlier this today Uh, i I got uh, my man ross jackson covers the saints like a glove will come on a little later in the show to talk about that but you know, the narrative keeps going out every time someone gets in trouble. See, it's Las Vegas. It's Las Vegas. And I'm so tired of arguing and saying that it's not the city. It's the no. players making bad decisions. But what are your thoughts on another guy getting arrested in 702? I mean, you hit it on the head. I think that's the laziest, laziest narrative to write or to talk about or to have on a radio or a newspaper. Look, if you can get in trouble in Des Moines. Right. You, you can get in trouble anywhere you're at if you're the kind of guy who wants to get in trouble. Right. you're the kind of guy who – you know, gets into it with people and, you know, with, with allegedly what Kamar, what Kamar did. We saw um, what some of the Raiders have done. You can do that anywhere. Yep. The easy layup, lazy narrative is to blame Las Vegas. It's, right. a, it's laughable. It's right. absolutely laughable. But people keep doing it, so keep being lazy. I mean, you know, you just can't, you can't blame the city. I mean, look, there's a lot of guys on the Raiders. There's a team full of the I, – I, here's the thing. There's a ton of guys in the Raiders we've never heard anything about. Right. Tell me one thing anyone's ever said about the Golden Knights. Right, right. Hey, those dudes, I mean, yep. there hasn't been one I haven't heard issue anything. with that team yep. since they got it. So, and those, hey, hockey players like to go out and have fun, believe me, as much as anybody. So, obviously, they're doing it the right way. A ton of Raiders are doing it the right way. And you can't paint everyone with the same brush. A couple of Raiders get in trouble, and all of a sudden it's the whole team. Well, right. I haven't heard anything about Derek Carr. I haven't heard anything about, you know, uh, Denzel Perryman. I haven't th- heard anything about Max Crosby. I haven't heard anything about y- uh, Unique Ngakwe. Right. I mean, those no, dudes, you're right. I mean, so it's a lazy narrative. You're exactly right. Yeah, and it's just it, it's it's annoying, and it's not going to go away anytime no, soon, you no. know. And we just had the Pro Bowl there at Allegiant Stadium, and they had all those NFL players, and one gets in trouble. Yeah. And it's the, the, other, and it's the, the, the rest of the city. <laughs> right. So the others probably had a good time, and then – Went home. Exactly. That's the thing. That I mean, that's the thing. You you know, they always say nothing good happens after midnight. Right. Well, midnight's anywhere. Yeah. We can we can yeah. ha- we can have a midnight issue here in L.A. To, tonight if we want to. If something happens in L.A., so they're not supposed to have the Chargers and the Rams. <laughs> I mean, they're not it's supposed to kick them out. Exactly. I, just, I don't like that. No, I don't either. It's and and it's so funny because I've spent so much time just defending it, and 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 then at some point I'm just like, okay, I'm done. I'm right, done. Right. You're not, I mean, if you're not gonna if you're not gonna hear it, you're just not gonna hear it. No, no. You know, you just if can't. you're gonna write that kind of story, or talk about it on a podcast like that, then to me, there's no hope for you anyway. So I'm not gonna deal with you. I mean, right. I just if, if that's your narrative that it's Vegas and it was wrong to bring a team there because a couple guys come into town and get in trouble, 
Right. Then I, there's no use to talk about it because I'm not going to change your mind. Right. Absolutely. Again, we're talking right now with Ed Graney here at the uh, Las Vegas or Los Angeles, excuse me, Convention Center, Super Bowl 56 Radio Row. Uh, it's going to get popping pretty soon. Probably tomorrow and Wednesday will really start to ramp up, and then Thursday and Friday it'll be a rat race around here, and uh, you'll be I'll be having my head on a swivel looking around. But uh, Ed, we are here for the Super Bowl. I mean, <laughs> and, you yeah. know, there, there is a game. It's so funny. Uh, by the end of the week, it's like, oh hey, by the way, there's a game yep. on Sunday, and we yep. don't really get to talk about it because we're so busy talking about everything else and we're you know talking about low t and we're talking about uh you know prosthetics and we're talking about uh opioid addiction and yep. you know everything that someone's got subway sandwiches whatever it is we've got we're talking about everything all week long with everyone who uh, who comes around radio row but the game the Bengals and the rams the rams hosting the game obviously what do you think man the the the, the Bengals? what do you think about the Bengals? And, and what do you think the rams are going to do how are you how are you feeling on monday because things always change but how are you feeling on monday on monday i'm feeling like a rams cover Okay. What's a four and a half? I think so, yeah. I'm feeling like a Rams cover. I think they've been built for this. Um, second time in four years. Uh, they're going to be at home. Now, again, at home is interesting here because I'm writing something for later in the week where I still believe the Raiders own this town. Yeah. It, the gap's closing. Because, right. uh, you know, f- I talked to a fan the other day. He's in his late 40s, and he said, look, the 40, 50-year-olds are all going to be – they're always going to be Raider fans. Right. But young kids coming up now only know that the Rams keep going to the Super Bowl. Right. So the gap's closing a little. But I'm going to be interested to see the stadium on Sunday mm-hmm. because we saw what the Niners did in the NFC Championship, how they kind of took that over. Right. So I'm interested to see what the stadium's like. But I feel on Monday I feel a cover. I'll probably change my mind 40 times between <laughs> now and then. But what a what a job by the Bengals. Yeah. I mean, when you yep. can go and win on the road at places like they did, um, you know, it's hard to bet against them at this point. I just think the, Ram- I just think the Rams are a better team. And I, I have nothing against the Bengals. I love Joe Burrow. I love yeah. his swag. Um, but I just think the Rams are a better team. Well, I'll tell you what, they better protect him. They better protect yeah, him. He can't take yeah. a four or five sack no. performance uh, with not that Rams dude, team. Not, to, not against the dude who's rushing. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> or he's going to be a, a, a done deal, man. So, yeah, they, they really got to do that. It's funny, though, last time the Rams were in the Super Bowl, uh, I think it was in Atlanta, and I went into that game feeling like uh, the, the Patriots were going to win, and then by the end of the week, Enough people had sat at the table and convinced me that Aaron Donald was going to wreck the game. Right. And so by Friday, I was like, yeah, man, the Rams are going to win because yeah, Aaron know. Donald's – you know what I mean? So I that's, that's what happens here. It's like you that's get swayed. So I don't know. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, that's it's going gonna, gonna it's, it's to be the same thing that's going to happen this week. You know, so I, on Friday, you're... Cincinnati's going to cover easily and win by 10. <laughs> like, I don't know. Right, don't exactly, know. exactly. Well, good stuff as always, man. Thank I appreciate you, you uh, stopping by. Uh, what do you got coming out, man? Let everyone know about it. Um, tomorrow uh, – and we're going to start uh, our – daily coverage tomorrow ton of stories each week ton of work um i'm gonna try to pop on the press box as much as i can yeah. i know we've got a candy sitting in we're gonna get a lot of guests there um with tyler back in the town with candy so i'm gonna try to get on as much as possible when i'm not writing or interviewing people but yeah um vegasnation.com press box on espn so just start working tomorrow and go forward man and then after this week is over you get a couple seconds to decompress maybe a couple seconds that's about it. That's it. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Well, Jack Eichel's out of his non-contact jersey, so uh, there you go. There you go with the Golden Knights next week if he comes home and plays. There you go. There, I'm telling you, I, I look forward to the end of this week. I look forward to the Super Bowl. Just taking a couple days just to take a, a deep breath and saying, okay. Football season's over. Now it's time to, you know, go to the next thing. But football March season, madness. yeah, but you know how crazy football season is. Oh, it's, it's like no other. But, I mean, yeah, it, it's the party keeps rolling in, in Las Vegas, so we're going to keep it up. But uh, great job as Thank always, you, my man. I appreciate you. Thank you, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. All right, my man. There he goes. Ed Graney from the Review Journal, also ESPN Las Vegas, the press box, and here with us on Radio Road. 2.27 is the time when we come back. Jeff Howe from Horns 24-7. He's going to join the show to talk about Raiders' new secondary coach, Chris Ash. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. It's Unnecessary Roughness. The judge, Lester Hayes, joining us now. That's YQ. Of course, our team kept winning. Kept winning, Q, because of our training. You got to put in the work and the time and the perseverance and the patience to train your body and train your brain. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Live from Radio Row. In L.A., the Las, Ve- Los Angeles Convention Center, Super Bowl 56. It's being brought to you by Battleborn 
Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. The Las Vegas-based attorneys at Battleborn Injury Lawyers are here to help you to protect your rights. Again, Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. Right now on the phone lines, my buddy that I haven't talked to in a while, but pleased to have on the phone is Jeff Howell from Horns 24-7. You can find him on Twitter at Jeff Howell 247 And, Jeff, thank you so much for your time, man. Before we get into anything, how you been, man? It's been a while. Q, I'm good. Uh, it's good to hear your voice. Have you uh, you found any celebrity softball games to uh, embarrass yourself in out there yet? <laughs> no, I haven't. Hey, you know what? I did talk about it. As soon as I got to Las Vegas, I told everyone that I'm a softball legend, though, so I kept that story going as soon as I got here. <laughs> the, legend, the legend can't die. Just make sure it doesn't ever die out. No, 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 it, it sure won't, man. You know me. I, I, there's certain victories I have in life that I got to hold on to because the, the, the victories are so 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 few that I have, so I got to hold on to them. But, yeah, man, it's, it's good to hear from you. I'm excited to, to talk to you. And it's so funny because I remember the Tom, Hera, Tom Herman era there when he was at uh, UT, and I remember Chris Ash being on the, on the staff. I just can't remember how good of a coach he was. So uh, he's the new secondary coach for the Silver and Black. I know as a head coach at Rutgers, he wasn't very good, and some other stops he was just, you know, whatever. But what do you remember about Chris Ash? How was he as far as a coach there when he was with UT? Yeah, I think for the most part, Q, it was positive. Now, you got to remember the one year he was at Texas was the COVID year, so uh, mm. he got, I don't know, 10 minutes to try to install a defense in the offseason. Uh, it was just a wonky offseason, but I think when you look at how Texas played defense that year, I think once they got to the midpoint of the season, uh, you know, they had that run, they had that run against, they had lost to TCU, uh, they had lost to Oklahoma, things were looking bleak, but then they had a bye week. They come home and they played Baylor in the middle of October, and it really felt like at that point the players kind of started to get it and you saw texas play much better defense competitive defense the rest of the way i do think in terms of chris ash as a coordinator uh it was kind of, it was one of those schemes where uh, kind of look look complex but be simple uh he's a, a quarter a, a press quarters kind of guy so okay. he needs corners who will play a lot of man coverage didn't necessarily have that at texas i don't think he really had the corners who could lock down and man covers to do the things he wanted to do. So I think when you look at him with the Raiders and, you know, with the Patrick Graham tie-in comes from and, and Josh McDaniels as well, you know, Chris Ash's time at Rutgers, uh, he actually got really close to Bill Belichick and a lot of guys off the Belichick tree. He's good friends with Mike Grable. Uh, he's good friends with Joe Judge. I think that's where the Patrick Graham tie-in comes in. Yeah. So if, if you talk about Chris Ash as a coordinator – I'd almost give him, if I had to give him a great cue, it'd almost be an incomplete because I don't think he had enough time to really do what he wanted to do. But Chris Ash, as a defensive backs coach, uh, you could see as the year went on at Texas, they were starting to do some different things and starting to play really well. But again, uh, it was only one year. And by the time that year was over, it was pretty obvious that. Uh, you know, things were going to change at Texas. <laughs> right, no, no doubt about that. And as far as the kind of guys that he's trying to coach up, I mean, you mentioned the man press co- corners. Are they really the, the kind of the lengthy Seattle Seahawks guys I like to mention? Are they the, the kind of, you know, tall and, and lanky type guys that, that Seattle employed when they had the Legion of Boom? Yeah, I, I think what, you know, just looking at them hiring him and kind of looking at the staff Josh McDaniels is putting together – I think for the returning guys in that secondary, there's going to be some crossover. So, you know, Gus Bradley, well, I know he's like he's from the, the, the Dan Quinn Legion of Boom. They run a lot of cover three. But right. I think Chris Ash is a little more of a football theorist type guy where he's really adaptable and can do some different things. So, But what's really intriguing about Chris Ash and how he fits into kind of guys from that Pete Carroll tree, he really, when he was at Rutgers and he took it to Ohio State and took it to Texas, he really bought into rugby tackling being one thing that, that he loved. That Pete Carroll was kind of at the forefront of that, you know, 10 or so years ago of really kind of changing the way you tackle. And I know Chris Ash really studied uh, not only Pete Carroll did from a tackling standpoint, but really studied that defense. So he's familiar with how Dan Quinn teaches things, how Gus Bradley teaches things. So I think it was some for the Raiders defensive backs that are going to be in his room. I think there is going to be some familiarity, some carryover. So, in in terms of you think okay going to cover three to some more you know kind of press quarters type stuff uh, you'd think that's a pretty big change but I do think in terms of how Chris Ash views football I don't think it's going to be as drastic of a change as it might look like on paper. 
Talk right now with Jeff Howe from Horns 24-7 on Twitter at JeffHowe247. And, Jeff, I know it's different because the NFL is a different, uh, you know, it's a different animal than, than college football is. But as far as just being a leader of men and getting guys to buy in and play for them, what would you say uh, is that who Chris Ash is? Yeah, and I think that was reflected in how he recruited at Texas. I mean, you look at the one cycle he was on campus, uh, the big recruitment he really helped Texas with was Alfred Collins. You know, he was a five-star guy. Uh, granted, he was in Texas' backyard. He had a lot of Texas, but Chris Ash, uh, I think, did a lot to bring that recruitment home for Texas. It was Texas and Oklahoma, and I, I think when you look at Alfred Collins, uh, you know, a, a defensive end at six six, uh, three hundred pounds that that has legitimate NFL upside. Uh, I think Texas owes a lot to Chris Ash getting him in the fold. I do also think Chris Ash got Texas started down the road that Steve Sarkeesian uh, has continued to where really changing the makeup of the guys in that DB room. And, Q, I think this is really interesting to see maybe where the draft comes in. Obviously, we know NFL personnel departments work a lot different than than college football. But I think Chris asked, like you said, Q, really wanted guys that are long, guys that are rangy, guys that can really be physical with you and press you on the outside. And for safeties, for for kind of lack of a better comparison, really kind of valued more like the Earl Thomas, Quandre Diggs type guys at safety. Didn't really want big safeties. We wanted guys, uh, more instinctual type players, ball hawk type guys. So he was starting, and you kind of saw some of the guys they were offering, some of the takes they were making on the recruiting trip really started to to kind of um, do a makeover on the Texas secondary. Uh, and you could tell he's on the right track because the Steve Sarkeesian staff, they've done a lot of those similar things. So I just liked, I liked Chris Ash from – an evaluation standpoint, what he valued defensively. But I think uh, a lot of those guys that he had in that room at Texas, uh, those were guys that adapted to his way of teaching really quick. And, and you talk to guys, uh, you know, like Caden Stearns and Chris Brown, because he was, he, he was the safeties coach, uh, guys on that defense that play for him. And Caden Stearns, I mentioned the guy that's in the NFL right now. Those guys really, really like Chris Ash just in the short amount of time they spent with him. Well, you know, there's one guy that he'll have to work with that he probably is familiar with, and I know you're familiar with him. You don't cover him, or you didn't cover TCU, but Trayvon Merrick was the second-round pick of the Raiders just a year ago. He's that safety. He played just about every snap last season uh, for the Raiders, did a heck of a job. Uh, what do you think about Trayvon Merrick just in general uh, in the NFL, and do you think he's a guy that Chris Ash is going to like to get his hands on and kind of work with? I, I can tell you this about Trayvon Merrick. You, I, I loved him coming out of high school. You know, he was, I think, going into his sophomore year. Uh, nobody really knew who he was, and he was at a Texas camp. And Texas had, you know, at the time, guys that were a class or two ahead of him. Some of their higher priority defensive back targets. Uh, he was the best looking defensive back on the field, and again, that was going into his sophomore year of high school. And you know, anybody that knows anything about college football in this part of the country. Uh, if Gary Patterson decides that you could play defensive back, if he makes that assumption about you, uh, then you've got something to you. When you look at not just the guys that he's put in the NFL, uh, but just evaluating the right kind of guys that fit his defense. Gary Patterson is one of the, I'd say, one of the better defensive back evaluators in football at any level. They ended up offering Trayvon Merrick real early, got him, and we saw what he became at TCU. But I think kind of fits again what Chris Ash wants in that safety position, uh, just kind of guys that are real instinctive, uh, multifaceted guys. And at the NBA, especially in that division, the Raiders playing, you've got to have guys that can get their hands on the football and take away possessions from, from a Patrick Mahomes, from a Justin Herbert, and get the ball back for your offense, keep those other offenses off the field. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. Well, it should be interesting to see how everything comes together. I guess this is just another piece of the Raiders' defense and, and, and their secondary coach, uh, Chris Ash, who is now, like I said, a member of the, the Raiders' coaching staff. So it should be really interesting. Jeff, great stuff as always, man. It's good to catch up with you. Uh, what do you got coming out that uh, some fans should be on the lookout for? What you got coming out of Horns 24-7? Yeah, actually, we dropped a note today, um, kind of big, big picture. So Steve Sarkeesian, it looks like there's some traction uh, he might be adding David Cutcliffe to his staff, and I know that might not uh, you know, pop up on the radar for a lot of people. But then consider that David Cutcliffe was Peyton Manning's co- offensive coordinator at Tennessee. He was Eli Manning's head coach uh, at Ole Miss. And then the number one quarterback prospect in the country in the class of 2023 is Arch Manning, their nephew, uh, Archie Manning's grandson. So you start to kind of tie everything together. Uh, Steve Sarkis is making some big moves. I mentioned Gary Patterson. Uh, you know, he's on the staff at Texas now, which is kind of wild to think about, but uh, he's been in the film room going through cut-ups, chopping it up. Uh, C. Sarkis has made a lot of good moves, so we've got, uh, you know, stuff on that on the side. And plus, tonight, 
uh, a, a top 25 matchup in, in basketball, Texas and Kansas uh, at the Oakland yep. Center, which as soon as I hang up with UQ, I'm, I'm going to make my way to the arena uh, right now for that game. So it should be a good one tonight. Yeah, it should, man. I've been paying attention from a distance, and I see the Irwin Center is getting cracking, man. Women's and men's basketball is uh, is getting some fans in there, and it's getting getting loud. I was I've been paying attention a little bit, so uh, that's a lot of good stuff. Well, Jeff, I do appreciate you, my man. Enjoy the game tonight, and uh, we got to catch up soon. Yeah, anytime, Q. Anytime. Thank you, my man. There he goes, Jeff Howe. Horns 24-7. Used to talk to him every single week when I talk Longhorns on my radio show back in Central Texas. But a nice little background right there on Chris Ash because, again, I didn't remember uh, how he was as a coach. I thought he was a pretty pretty good, well-respected coach, but I, I didn't want to just go out there and throw it out there and say that without having a little bit of background on him. So Jeff Howe provided that right there. So there you go, Raider Nation. There is your new secondary coach, Je- uh, Chris, Chris Ash, as explained to by our guy, Jeff Howe. 2.42 is the time when we come back. Going to close out hour number one. I want you to hear uh, Mad Max Crosby. We met, caught up with him on Saturday at Pro Bowl practice. Uh, he took home the Pro Bowl defensive MVP for his performance yesterday. You'll hear from him next. This is Rare Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. 2.46 is the time. Live here in L.A. So funny. I'm so used to being in Las Vegas. All I keep saying is Las Vegas, but we are in Los Angeles at the Convention Center, Super Bowl 56 Radio Row. Monday, we'll be here all week long. This is being brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. We appreciate them for uh, sponsoring our trip to come on out here and, and hang out. And it's myself, Jared. Uh, Adam Hill is here representing uh, ESPN Las Vegas. You heard e- uh, Ed Granny earlier. Vinny Bonsignor will come up following me, 4 to 6. JT will be out here tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, we've got a lot of us representing. And uh, Jared just walked over here. I got a question for you, Jared. Hold on. Hop on the air so it doesn't sound like I'm being a weirdo. But, I, uh, yeah, just hop on real quick. So I got a question for you because I don't know. And this is what happens on Radio Row. Put them, there you go. Are you, are you there? Hello? Yep. Hey. I me, think I got. There you go. Turn yeah. you up. How you sound? There you go. All right. All right. There you go. Yeah. Okay, do you see over to the left, and you see the young lady in a burgundy sweatshirt? Yes. Do you know who that is? Not a freaking clue. But <laughs> genuinely, when she walked in, she was, genuinely, she was she was getting, I was just wandering around Radio Row, because yeah. we had kind of hit a lull. Right. And I saw her walk in and uh, to get their credentials, and I went, okay, that has to be someone important. I think so. She's been interviewing, and, and you know, today's – you know how it is here. It's a rat race, so it's like you try to go and get whoever you can. And so I want to interview her, but I want to know who I'm talking to. <laughs> and I don't want to go out there and demand say, well, where's Jared? Have Jared go find out. So I'm going to tell you. There's – okay, see the guy, and this is on-air producing that we're doing. See the yeah. guy in the light blue uh, hoodie? Light blue hoodie. Okay, you see her in the, in the burgundy. Yeah. Okay, and you see right to the right – there's someone with the light blue hoodie. That's, uh, I know him. Okay, That's okay. well, ask him because he's talking to her handler. Oh, he is? Yes. All right. That's her handler, so go find out who it okay. is. And then if it's anyone worth the salt, let's book him. Okay. All right, cool. Thank I'm you, Jared. I'm on it. All right, Jared's on it. There you go. You heard from the man himself. That's how it goes, Damon, here on Radio Row. You just, you got to, hey, you got to do the best you can. And that was a great idea by you, Damon, by the way, uh, to go ahead and have Jared put himself out there. So That's thanks. what he's there for. You're right. You're absolutely right. So thank you for that. We got some audio from Mad Max Crosby coming up in just a few minutes. But first, I want to go out to the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. Talk to our guy, Fargo Raider. What's on your mind, Fargo? Hey, thank you for taking my call, Q and Damon. Absolutely. Uh, Glad you're out there basking in the warm weather, man. It's supposed to get up in the 80s, my cousin was telling me. That's nice. Yeah. It's real nice, man. Yep. Um, I I slept with the window open last night in in the uh, Airbnb that we have. Man, I wish I could, but I like my toes. <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> yes, sir. Now, I wanted to, with this whole uh, Camara thing, everybody, you know, my cousin hit me up, and he's talking about Sin City, that, this, and we're going to lose more players, just watch. And I'm sitting here like, who who, who can subscribe themselves as a Raider fan to that narrative? Is that what you want for your team? You know? Like, I don't want that for my team. I choose to stay on the side of you know, you can get in trouble anywhere. I got this little list. I, I made a little compilation just to prove <laughs> my point. Okay. Michael Bush, DUI, McFadden, DUI, McLean, assault and discharging a firearm in city limits, 
Darius Hayward, Bay DUI, Khalid Barnes DUI, Alvin Smith, DUIs and batteries, Desmond Bryant, criminal mischief. Lewis Murphy was having a tough time down there in uh, Florida. He had to, he got caught with uh, prescription or non-prescription Viagra's. Seabass caught a battery charge. Jacoby Ford, I mean, there's some of those, you know, uh, fan favorites in that list right. that didn't pan out. And they got all this while they were Oakland Raiders. Right. Oakland. With, right. Uh, I mean, anybody that's been to Oakland, there ain't a whole ton out there. You can get in trouble anywhere, man. I don't want to hear that bull crap anymore unless you're going to come with facts and figures, man, because I got them. And I could tell you we've had problems anywhere we've gone. There's been stories that, uh, that some of the alumni have told on JT show where uh, I think it was the twos popping off 357s out the window on the interstate, man. Right, right. It, it happens. There's yeah. there's no need to blame a city, you know. The, I know you, Demond had said it before. It's us that go visit that call it Sin City, not the people that live there. Plenty of people live their lives and they don't get in enough type of trouble. If you're gonna be a bonehead. You can do it in any place, man. I got stabbed in a small city in California named Santa Maria, and then three weeks later after that, I got jumped. You know, just standing outside on the block. It happened. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not the city. Thank you guys for taking my car. You have a good one. Have fun out there, Hugh. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good stuff. I appreciate you. And yeah, it's a lazy narrative, and uh, I don't, I don't want to keep, like, rehashing it because it's not going to change people's thoughts. People just think that, oh, it's Las Vegas. That's why people are getting in trouble. Uh, yeah. It's, it's it's almost that thing that they're waiting to see. They want to to hear about the guy that gets in trouble in Las Vegas, so they can say, "See, I told you. That's what happens when you put a team in in Vegas, or see, that's what happens when you put a football players in in Vegas." And it's just it's old and it's boring conversation. But as soon as uh, I saw Alvin Kamara got popped, I was like, "Yep, I know what's coming next." And of course, sure as uh, sure as my name is Q, uh, it happened. So uh, thank you, Fargo, for that call. Let's go out to Raider Mike. You're up next. What's on your mind, Mike? Boys. Um, first off, I'm, I'm in the hospital almost a week fighting pneumonia. Damn. I was on the desk door. Uh, I had the strength to call, uh, uh, the morning tailgate today and Ray, Ray sent his prayers and then a bunch of texters and tweeters sent their prayers and I wanted to shout out. Thank you. Um, I'm coming through this. I think part of it had to do with, I watched tombstone first and then the F rule. Tuck rule right afterwards. That made my blood boil. I couldn't have made this call yesterday. B- boiling your blood makes you be able to recover. That I'm using anger to recover. Have you guys seen it yet? I, I actually, you know what? Because I was traveling, I didn't get to see it yesterday. Okay, you're going to be as angry as me. <laughs> I mean, a Woodson and, and Brady on the couch in Tampa at his house. They haven't had an environment like that, and uh, Seawood just made him look stupid. You know, pretty much made him admit it was a fumble. Right. And then Kraft and that Walt Coleman jacket. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, my blood was boiling so hard because they were so (laughs) smug about, no, they made the right call. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I wanted to go Pat, you know, Matt Millen, Pat Sullivan style through my television <laughs> right. at the hospital. I was so angry. So hope everyone out there, Raider Nation, watch that documentary. You want to get fired up? Like I said, I watched Tombstone right before it. And he said, uh, when they're killing all the cowboys, there's a reckoning coming. And uh, I'm coming for you. Patriots, and hell's coming with us. Raider Nation is going to be fired up. And you you go take their OC with his six rings, their GM, it's all starting to, to look in our favor. Yeah. The dark side, the Death Star, it's going <laughs> to come back. You remember when uh, uh, Darth Vader took out Obi-Wan Kenobi? You know I ain't oh, watched those movies, man. <laughs> you know I ain't, no movie. I ain't no movies. I ain't watched those movies. Oh, DeMond knows. Anyway, Josh is Darth, and uh, even Obi-Wan Kenobi had a hoodie on when Darth took him out. So anyway, we're coming. The Reckoning, Retribution, come, Comeuppance, it's all coming, Patriots. 
the tide's about to turn. I wouldn't, I can't do my yell, so I'll just go Raiders. There you go. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Appreciate the call. Hope you feel better, my man. And uh, yeah, uh, keep doing your thing, man. And I, I will. I'll uh, I'll check I'll check uh, that Tuck rule out for sure. I, and when we had Ken Rogers on last week, he mentioned Walt Coleman and that a lot of Raider fans are going to be upset at that guy. And clearly, Raider Mike was. And I've seen a lot of people tweet at me saying there's no way that they're going to watch that. But I'm going to check it out. I do want to see how it's put together. I just couldn't because I was traveling yesterday. One quick text, and we'll take a break. Um, going back to the conversation about blaming everything on Vegas. Uh, this goes from Cali Raider, Ray, Cali Rado Raider. He says, uh, because hookers are legal and nightclubs are open till 4 a.m. everywhere else, you let loose in Vegas, not Timbuktu. A lot easier to find trouble in the city, in the city of sin. It is what it is. Go Raiders. And real quick, as I'll approach this, is it? It's true. You could find trouble at 4 a.m. because yeah, it's out there. But it's on you to be out there at 4 a.m. Like Again, it's not the city. Yeah, the city's there and available, but it's up to you as a person to make the right decision. They always say nothing good happens after midnight. Well, nothing really good happens after midnight. You're putting yourself in harm's way. And let's put this out there, too. Athletes, especially ones that are, are famous and, and, and wealthy like Alvin Kamara, those guys are also targets. They're also targets of guys that have nothing to live for, and they're looking for a quick come up. That's the other thing you got to remember. That yeah, because if you read the police report, the guy's just like, hey, man, I just said, like, hey, man, I'm a fan, and then they just attacked right. me. Exactly. These guys, look, these people that get into it with these guys, they ain't no dummies. They know exactly who they are and exactly what they're doing when they get into it with them. Is that excusing what Kamara or anyone else does? No, not at all. But these guys are also targets. And, you know, when you're representing something and you're somebody of that value, sometimes you have to realize, hey, this is not worth it for me to be out here because this, that, and the other can happen. And when these guys realize that sometimes being out in, in, in public and out in different places is not worth it, then that's when you'll start to see less trouble. But that can happen anywhere. I get your point, but that can happen anywhere. And he wasn't out with hookers. He was out with his girlfriend. Matter of fact, Taya Cooper's his girlfriend. Uh, she used to go to Baylor. She's a, a really good women's basketball player for the L.A. Sparks, I do believe. Uh, she's a heck of a player. But, uh, yeah, it's just, I mean, it's easy to – say what's all available but again you can get alcohol you can get any kind of other things anywhere else you want as well 257 is the time when we come back gonna kick off our number two of the show we're gonna be talking to mike westoff best special teams coach in history we'll talk all things special teams we'll talk about his book figure it out and more this is unnecessary roughness on radio nation radio 920